0: Well, hello and Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 395 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. In this week's show, we look at one airline that's ordering 737 Max's and binning off their airbuses. We also look at the top 10 safest low-cost airlines for 2022, and we also look at the top 10 worst airlines in the world. In the military this week, we have a bit of a fighter roundup from the holidays. Israel orders some new yet classic aircraft for its Air Force. The U.S. Air Force hints at an F-22 replacement, and a new museum opens up in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. So joining me this week in the PTUK uh, Master Suite Studios, I'm not there, but he's there, thankfully, <laughs> pressing all the right buttons and hopefully warmed up now because his heating should have come on. It's Matt Smith.
1: I am just checking. I've got a lukewarm radiator here. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a cold day here in the UK. The last couple of days, it's really turned cold, hasn't it?
0: I'm seeing 2.8 degrees my end of the village here. Uh,
1: I'm seeing minus dot minus at the moment, so oh. I think my sensor's obviously gone <laughs> wrong. Said- but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, nothing there to report at this current juncture for me. But anyway, there we go. Well,
0: it's it's lovely, lovely to see you uh, in my kitchen as usual. Of course,
1: um, absolutely. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's kind of like since, since you sent me this picture here, it's just like it just feels like home. Do you know what I mean? It just brings, oh. Yeah, especially as I've now got it set so that the window is like where the window... Where the kitchen window yeah. would yeah, be, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. nostalgic, very yeah, nostalgic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, you know, because well, we've got a 400th coming up, aren't we? It's a, it's a big step coming
0: forward. It is very soon coming up towards us, so uh, more news on that later. Oh. Uh, but joining us as well this week uh, from across the country of the UK here... Uh, uh, from his uh, stately manner where over the Christmas period, he managed to get rid of at least 12 cases of Pinot Grigio. It's Neville Barnes.
2: It, well, it wasn't that many, <laughs> well, it, although it, it didn't feel like it at times, I must say. But uh, Yes, a very nice uh, Christmas and New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a good time. Uh, we avoided the COVID, I'm pleased to say, mm. um, although my poor son didn't and ended up in... Oh, uh, isolating in his mum's house for about six days uh, over the christmas period which is a real shame for him um but uh no all fit and ready to go i'm pleased to say so and great to be back on the show as well
0: and lovely to see you here as well I, i'm guessing you had a, a quiet new year's uh, eve uh celebration at home this year nev
2: it was a quiet one, yes. Didn't do very much, really, but we were in uh, Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland, over the Christmas and, uh, or between Christmas and New Year, which was really nice. Uh, bracing winds, of course, and that was just me after the... Uh, uh, Brussels brunch, yes. Absolutely. Um, so, but, <laughs> no, it was a great time and a great part of the world to go to as well. It is, isn't it? It's such a beautiful so, part of the world. Marvellous. Yeah.
0: Have you have you managed to clear all the leftovers from the fridge Nev?
2: Yeah, they've all gone. Oh, okay. uh, good. And, uh, of course, it's <laughs> no it's a, a sort of dry January. Well, oh. We're calling it a mildly moist January. Oh, mildly moist. Nice. Lovely. That's, um, do you know, that's a
1: that's a word that's greatly underused in life today, isn't I it? I think so. The word I, moist, I, I feel, is yes. re- hugely underutilised in the UK. Well, the other thing is, I'm going up
2: to Manchester next week. I'm going to uh, Chinatown with one of my work colleagues oh, for Lord. dinner. And, of course, the temptation to have one of those nice chinese beers will be quite high so yes we'll have to indeed see, uh, can you not put how... some in
1: the bank like to sort of you know sort of you know sort of have a net if you're doing a mildly moist sort of
2: yes that is possible isn't it yes i hadn't really thought about that Ooh, but, um, yeah. oh, I'm, so we'll have i'm full case, of excuses but, um... for breaking
1: one's new year's resolutions there <laughs> i can
0: <could> you <laughs> everyone is, i think and also joining us uh, this week is our glorious fourth member of the team it is of course Uh, my captain for a flight I had not that long ago, (laughs) it's Armando. Hi,
3: guys. Uh, I'm glad we all made it through the holidays. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of Matt being in your kitchen, Carlos, what are you doing in my hangar?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Good point, male-made.
3: Oh, is that from your
1: trip to the U.S., Carlos? (laughs) It may well have been, yes.
0: I thought... of. A fitting picture would be that is, to have That is genuinely a the worst. Job.
1: That is the worst segue I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life. You should be both ashamed of yourselves.
4: <laughs> oh. oh, dear.
3: Well, uh, first of all, I'm uh, not just happy to see you guys. I'm also super happy to see the chat room, and I'm hoping that everybody made it back from the holidays. I see some familiar names in there. Um, I know. Like, actually, uh,
1: Miles, Miles High has got a good point, actually. I think it's the first time all four of us have been together. <gasps> Like for quite some time, actually, is
0: Since November, or something. Yeah, time, right?
1: something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I, and actually, cons- I.
0: I I'm sorry, I. I'll just go quickly, but we had some great feedback. Actually, I forgot to tell you guys from a couple of people who'd watched the intro to the Christmas show, they really enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh, the actual elves one. The elves oh, bit.
1: that intro! Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, good lord. Yeah, that was just horrendous. Anyway, carry on, it's Matt. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun every year. <laughs> I was going to say though, because on, on New Year's Eve, because everybody, or, or, or on the New Year's um, show, uh, the first one, if you like, the first one that rolled over and stuff, as I say, it was just me and Nev, because you two were busy swanning off in the states. Honestly,
3: that's the day oh. we were flying.
1: Oh, actually, so. yeah. yeah, yeah, you see,
3: yeah. We we are we are hinting at it, but stay tuned because uh, somewhere halfway through the show we're gonna. Carlos got the opportunity to fly yes. uh, with me. There was a, a unique opportunity. It was a reposition flight for uh, Part ninety one, so it did not require to um, to certified pilots or check ride pilots. Um, so I could have done that single pilot, but I asked the owner, "Hey, do you mind if uh, my buddy Carlos comes along?" So he got to play fo for the day and he did a fantastic job um we have a video of that it's it was he flew so well that it was so hard to pick just you know 10 minutes worth out of a 45 minute flight
1: um Uh, although I, i would like to refer you gentlemen to i think the comment that nev made during the uh new year show uh which i believe nev
2: was something like i hope he wasn't doing the rt because the uh, the us atc <laughs> yeah, would never yeah, understand yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. there is that <laughs> yes
1: and also something about li- uh, li- losing someone's senses you know <laughs> losing the losing the <laughs> The ma- no okay never mind it was it was funny in my head i, I know <laughs> no, you're all right you're right lost Don't leave of his senses i you know it's just like, so uh, i still can't believe he left you in charge of an aircraft what's the matter with the man
0: well well to be fair the, the first thing he left me in charge with was the cleaning actually oh um and restocking Whoa. the uh, drinks fridge well very important sure. jobs absolutely yes yeah. one has to prioritize very important job yeah. very important jobs i will have you know anyway more on that later um but t- it is the beginning of the year Year, and it is the beginning of the month, and that uh, can only mean one special thank you that we have got to give, doesn't it, Nev?
2: It does. Yes, that's when the till rings at PTUK <laughs> HQ. And uh, this month, uh, the people that have uh, very kindly donated uh, by Patreon are Dirk S, Sasha Beer, Stephen Ivy, Nick codling Warren Dixon. Louis Cachares, uh, Andrew van der Sarg, Alan White, Stephen Howland, Tanya Wyman, Megan Carrion, Jacob Darlington-Brown, Nicholas Hewitt, Masha, Owen, Reuben Wells, Neil Landborn, Graham Haley, Jonathan Warner, Eric Graves, Matt Caton, Jordan Rose, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff... Adam Spink Liz Piper Jeff Ward Myler Evan Shue Philip Labe Stuart Backer Ray Williams and Stephanie Plummer and those very kind folks who have paid us by PayPal are uh, Jennifer Parkinson uh, Craig Urosoko um, Tony Stubbings Richard Adams and Mazuz Karim thank you one and all we couldn't do it without you we really appreciate your contribution
0: Absolutely yes we important. certainly do it's, uh, it all helps And is also helping to very much um, bring you lots of great content for 2022, which we've got planned. And also the 400th show uh, in next month, in February. Indeed. And
1: uh, also, don't forget, we have got some fantastic um, what we're calling excess baggage segments that are being released on Patreon at the moment. And if you are a subscriber to Patreon, in fact, we've got a very exciting new one to release, which is all about Carlos and um, uh, Armando while they were in the states together so there's a sort yes. of an extended version of what we're about to do here so if you do uh, if you do do if you, if you, I can't talk today I'm so sorry uh, if you do love your flying and uh, what was it the Pilatus you were flying is that correct the
0: Pilatus PC-12 indeed
1: yeah so more details yeah. uh, on that as I say and we're, there's loads of other bits and pieces that Armando has very kindly put together for us on our excess baggage segments that are available via Patreon exclusively
0: to Patreon subscribers so we're going to say a big thanks to everyone who has joined us in the live youtube chat room uh, this evening loads of the family members in there as always uh kicking off with richard adams we've got there uh, lee davies at uh, miles high uh we've got uh, uh let me scroll down here we go I'm going through the list here uh alex robinson hello to you alex uh, dirk s We've got Stephen Ivey was in there. I don't know if Stephen's still in there. He was in there earlier. Uh, GB's Model Zone. Hello to you as well. Matt C. Uh, it's always nice to have someone in here called Matt. We, we need someone, uh, Dr. Steph is also in there a little bit earlier. I don't know whether uh, Dr. Steph's still in there. Alan White. Hello to you, Alan. Uh, we've got Masha. Hello to you, Masha. Nice to see you in there as well uh um uh, uh, neil lamhorn hello to you neil uh jenny over in rome is there as well hope it's a bit warmer your side of uh, europe jenny i bet it's not uh, i bet it's not <laughs> uh captain Cruz, hello to you captain Cruz. uh john jester as well john jester one of our big family members there uh, Captain Captain in. Jester, Captain Jester, oh. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've missed anyone. If I had missed anyone, I don't know. Stephen Ivey is still here. He's getting and ready Stephen to fly. Is still here. He's
1: getting ready to fly people to places.
0: How cool oh, is that's that? good. I like <laughs> that that's what a great fo is
3: for because Stephen ivy just gets to hang out listening to a podcast <laughs> while while the other guys out there doing the walk around in 23 well, degree weather
0: absolutely <laughs> amen to that <laughs> so don't forget uh, if you don't already uh, do it and you're listening to the show currently via the audio version and you want to join us on youtube where we are right now doing a live show hit the subscribe button on our youtube page just look for us uh youtube uh forward slash Plain talking uk don't forget click that bell icon as well uh which is right next door to be notified when we're live when matt hits that go live button and we're live on youtube because we would love to have you in our chat room because we love everyone having you in the chat because without the chat room we just wouldn't get anything right. So, no, no, uh, no, it's there like say, It'd always be,
1: yeah, there'd be, there'd be every yeah. week, there'd be a new correction from the mistake we made the exactly. week before.
0: <laughs> so, we've got loads of news to get through that all important video, and we've got military news as well this week. So, uh, if everyone's ready, shall we do some commercial news? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Soaking off this week's first news story, first news story for 2022, and this one's from OneMileAtATime.com. Like their website, uh, this uh, news story has been bouncing up and down all over the news feeds this week. Was was it going to happen? Was it not going to happen? Well, it was announced on Wednesday that the ultra US ultra low cost carrier Allegiant has placed an order for up to a hundred boeing 737 max aircraft the airline placed firm orders for 50 jets with options for 50 more allegiant currently operates an all airbus fleet of a 122 aircraft however it's understood that the primary motivation for this order uh, with boeing is for expansion rather than fleet replacement the order is worth roughly around about five billion dollars at list prices but we all know they never pay list prices at uh, one mile at a time though uh, that Allegiant Air must have gotten the deal of the century on these 737 MAX aircraft. Allegiant is an incredibly frugal, ultra low-cost carrier, so one uh, that must uh, consider that. Uh, there's plenty of second-hand aircraft available right now, as we all know, uh, at very low costs, and Allegiant could have picked those up rather than picking up these new 737 Maxes there are significant costs associated with going from an all three Airbus A319 320 fleet to adding Boeing 737s in terms of pilot training, maintenance, scheduling, etc. Allegiant has roughly two dozen crew bases from which it operates point-to-point flights. Scheduling these planes and retaining pilots would be no small task, as this is significantly uh, more complex than at a legacy airline. Uh, Allegiant Air CEO Maurice Gallagher described the order saying, our approach to fleet has always been optimistic and this exciting transition uh, transaction I should say with Boeing is no exception while the heart of our strategy continues to center on previously owned aircraft the infusion of up to 100 direct from the manufacturer's 737s will bring numerous benefits for the future uh, including flexibility for capacity growth and aircraft requirements, significant environmental benefits as well, and modern configuration and cabin features our customers will appreciate. Now, I would love to see how they're gonna um, actual put, pa- you know, how many passengers they're going to cram into these um, 737 Maxes. I think uh, they're ordering the the Max. Um. Seven. It's a max
3: seven and seven, then max yeah. uh max 8 200s just like right here. Yeah.
0: So it'd be interesting to see how many they're gonna pile in seat-wise on these aircraft. Yeah, think-
3: there this is uh there's very few stories that I guess you could say send ripples through the industry. This one kind of did. It was everywhere, it was all all over the aviation news, and and just a few hours ago the uh, Maurice Gallagher, the CEO, came out defending this order, saying that traditionally, um, so Allegiant Air operates at about a 35% less cost per seat mile than most other low-cost carriers. Um, that's because they they never buy new. All of their Airbuses have been uh, traditionally much older, well-used, well-broken in. Uh, this is <laughs> This is the first time that they've ordered new aircraft and kind of like we're talking about they probably got a really good a good deal on them but it's uh it's not a replacement for the airbus it's a it's an expansion move for them and i think between the this is just my opinion but between the cost savings of these aircraft being being sold at whatever price they they were and then the cost savings of the of the the 737 max you know that's going to um not it may increase their operating costs sure sure cuz you're just bought 200 airplanes but um but it it's proportionately less by by ordering these more efficient uh 737 maxes uh
1: and at the cost that they got so i mean and i was i was going to say that obviously cuz i see is this this seems to me like one of the first sort of big orders if you like for for the max since all this hoo ha has started i mean do you think some of the reason why they've managed you know have they got a super incredible deal on the max be- possibly because of the problems that we're all very oh, aware of i mean for sure you know because boeing will be desperate to sort of prove that you know this these are a, an, an incredible aircraft now and yeah and all that kind of thing i mean will that be something to sort of you know that will one of the factors that will have affected the the purchase price if you see what i mean
3: yeah absolutely and and remember we just did a couple of stories on Qantas uh going all airbus and air france k l m going all airbus so Boeing is they have to do something with these airplanes they have to sell yeah. airplanes to somebody
1: so but I'm i mean sure doing so but from france. a maintenance perspective though will will that not i mean to me it seems like an odd move if most of their fleet is Airbus to then go down the you know like the Boeing route because obviously if you if you've got like you know, w- using Ryanair as an example, yeah, low-cost airline, virtually their entire fleet, apart from literally a handful of smaller, like, bizjet-type aircraft, their entire fleet are all 737s. Uh, yeah, 737s. Yeah, right. What's... Uh, I mean, uh, so presumably that obviously has advantages because essentially you're carrying more or less the same spares in terms of maintenance and things like that. Yeah. It just seems like what- an, odd, an odd move to sort of... You know, I'm surprised that they're going to run two totally different aircraft. Essentially,
3: well, it it depends. They may contract out the maintenance. True, true. They may not have in-house maintenance. They may not uh, require spares. We don't know that. No, I haven't seen anything on that. But
1: yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay.
3: (laughs) I look, uh, Captain Cruz in the chat room says that that Allegiant got a lot of the old EasyJet A319s. Oh
1: yeah,
3: and uh, and then he corrected that and said. A handful of, of factory new Airbus A320s. Um, so maybe they have they have had. But the the, the CEO statement is saying uh, his quote was, "Strategically, you can't be an all
1: used car operation." <laughs> I guess, I guess it's uh, well as you say, you've got to sort of start somewhere, haven't you? As it make start, you know, everybody starts with second hand, you know, a second hand car and slowly works their way up. <laughs> I guess it's no different. Uh,
0: to them, you know, it's the uh, same sort of thing. Anyway, we could go on and on and on, but we should probably so, move Matt, on. So, Matt, you've got um, a, a top 10 for 2020 term. We're only literally just into it by like 10 seconds. Yes, indeed, which I presume means it's essentially a summary of
1: last year rather than this year, because I can't see how you could possibly be doing anyway uh by the by so top 10 safest low-cost airlines for 2022 low-cost carriers lccs from now on have allowed millions of people to travel for the first time or to take um oh i've got <laughs> oh i see sorry i've got yeah sorry. Right. i had a slight glitch with my My one note here, uh, it's it's sorted now, allowed millions of people to travel for the first time or to take trips uh, they would otherwise be unable to afford. Airlineratings.com has listed its top 10 safest low-cost airlines for 2022 from the the 385 airlines it monitors. Factors used to decide the top 10 safest low-cost airlines include incident records over the past two years, crash records over the past five years, Results of audits conducted by the Governing Body of Aviation, the International Civil Aviation Organisation, the EU Banned Lists and Fleet Age. The airline ratings top 10 safest low-cost airlines for 2022 are here in alphabetical order and they are Allegiance, EasyJet, Frontier, Jetstar Group, JetBlue, Ryanair, Vietjet, Volaris, WestJet, and Wizz. Well, now, actually, there's, there's for me, there's, there's. I'm not at all surprised to see both EasyJet, Ryanair, and Wiz in that list of sort of airlines because I, I remember from um, when we're going like back several years now, um, when we were talking. Um, because I had a long conversation with Al when, when before I had did my trip to the states and uh, when we flew over to Pittsburgh and um, one of the things that we were talking about essentially is that I think and I I'm sure you'll agree with this Armando he was basically saying one of the reasons why like quite often the low cost airlines have far better safety rating ratings than anyone else is because as soon as you're in a scenario where you associate low cost with low safety the model is dead
3: hmm yeah i mean we've we've had plenty of low cost carriers here in the u s mm. that have uh gone away or merged or changed names i um, i mean you think of uh what an Airtran and valuejet jet they have one mishap and and next thing you know they're you know they're souped up by somebody else
1: mm.
3: i mean the airplanes are safe that delta bought most of the uh, airtran d c nines yeah i don't know just wow.
1: and of course they're well. old. <laughs> yeah indeed uh, so uh, we're going to go from the flip side to that now so we're going to <laughs> look worst. the 10 worst airlines <laughs> in the world. Uh, airlines can be hauntingly terrible, uncomfortable seats, stale and pricey food, lack of entertainment delays and cancellations and unsympathetic staff to top it all off. If you've ever faced this firsthand, you know it's not an experience you'll ever want to revisit no matter how tempting the fair to save travellers from the perils of unsavoury flying experiences. Luggage storage company Bounce analysed popular airlines on seven factors – Passenger complaints, punctuality, maximum free baggage allowance, comfort, meals, in-flight entertainment and staff service. Among the winners uh, were several airlines uh, here. I'm not going to list them because, um, oh sorry, amongst the winners was Delta, which took the top spot in a domestic airline category, followed by Hawaiian Airlines and Horizon Air. On the international front, Japan's all Nippon Airways and Singapore Airlines beat the competition with great service and fewer complaints but you know which airlines are scraping the bottom of the barrel here is a list of the worst airlines <laughs> in the world with damning scores on the above mentioned factors so uh we'll um we'll do it old school shall we let's uh let's uh play a little bit of uh, i can't get an, oh all my buttons have stopped working that's good isn't it <laughs> i love it uh, i was about to play something completely inappropriate then so we'll we'll try this instead Ne- Nev can just sing the song. Can he? I right. <laughs> He's not not brought his singing voice with him today. Uh, here we go. Ray.
0: <laughs> In 10. Okay, so I'll kick off number 10. So from Brazil, Gol Airlines. G-O-L. In 9.
2: Well, I thought uh, this was quite a good airline, actually, a TAP from Portugal. Oh, in eight.
3: Uh, eight would be Ukraine International Airlines. Never heard of them. <laughs> Believe that they exist. Huh? <laughs> in
0: seven. Uh, number seven. It's uh, the UK's favourite low-cost carrier. EasyJet. I find it fascinating that they're in the like the top on for both the, lists. <laughs> yeah, on yeah.
2: both lists. Yeah, absolutely. In six. And that is Viewling from Spain. In five.
3: Also, never had the pleasure of flying these guys. Uh, Interjet from Mexico.
0: In four. And
2: it's story number two. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's from Ireland, Ryanair. In three. And from Mexico, it's Volaris.
3: In two. Also from Mexico, Viva
1: Aerobus. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> and special prize. And from Colombia,
0: Viva Air Colombia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that we- Excellent. I yes. see a kind of theme going on with these, <laughs> these sort of the last set or the last six here: Colombia, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. Right. There's a lot of um, okay yeah.
1: Mexican airlines in there. Is <laughs> there yeah. you go? Um, I, I just realised that to virtually most people, it's, that 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 will only have meant something uh, that theme tune and everything to a very select group of people who are of a certain age. Armando's going, "What on earth was that all about?" <laughs> two, two, two years <laughs>
3: later, two years later, I still don't know
1: what the
0: music is no, okay, <laughs> fair enough. D- Dirk S is going huh Viva Aerobus <laughs> yeah I know I'd
1: never heard of it which you know where where was that one that was oh that was sounds in Mexico like, wasn't it yeah.
0: sounds, Mexico. Like a, sounds like an old car from the 1960s here in the UK <laughs> a true, Viva true, Aerobus
3: true. now I, I will say John did put a note in here that this list is based on uh, TSA complaints to the TSA like the American TSA, so uh, a little bit biased. But how did EasyJet and Ryanair get complaints on? They must be really bad at something if people here in the US are complaining. <laughs> 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 Navigation,
1: being one of them. Yeah, how did they end up in the states? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, oh, dude, uh, actually, might- um, um, Miles High in the chat room is saying that he's surprised that Sunwing has uh, not on the list because they've been bad in canada for ages true true that yeah absolutely
3: richard adams uh brings up garuda uh yeah i know for for a fact that garuda had a dubious safety record because they uh uh at one point they were crashing so many airplanes um (laughs) that they hired 60 pilots my brother was one of them they hired 30 spanish pilots from from spain 30 american pilots to bring over their and say like, hey, you guys are just gonna fly right seat, but you're really in charge. And that happened for a couple of years over there at Garuda.
1: Wow. But wow. Did it work?
3: I think it I think it did. Yeah. Uh there are not crashing as many airplanes. Good. I will say that uh <laughs> Indonesia and Micronesia, those are very difficult places to fly. They're packing in the jets, but it's generally VFR with some terrible storms and terrible winds, and um, you're landing on you know remote islands and but uh I mean that doesn't excuse safety by any means.
1: No, no, yeah. indeed. It's, uh... Yeah,
3: so so yeah, this list was I think mostly based on on U.S. complaints.
1: Did your brother do it?
3: Yeah, two years. How, two years. I can say, like
1: how did he find it? Did he have anything of? Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, right, good. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it there then, shall we?
1: Uh, Carlos, yes, what's Nev,
0: <laughs> Nev, uh, <laughs> Nev's got Nev's got the next story, and uh, when I saw the pictures of this particular story, I just could not believe it.
2: Yeah, nasty one. Uh, it's on the avherald.com. Uh, and it says that a, a South African Airlink Jetstream uh, JS 41, registration Zulu Sierra November Romeo Juliet, uh, performing a charter flight from Johannesburg to Venetia Mine in South Africa, was on approach to Venetia Mine when a bird impacted the right hand oh. propeller causing one of the blades to separate and penetrate the cabin. The aircraft continued for a safe landing. The airline confirmed the incident on 4th January 2022, just gone, saying that uh, yesterday an uh, Airlink Jetstream 41 aircraft operating a private charter flight struck a large bird upon landing at Venetia airfield. None of the passengers or crew were injured, although the aircraft uh, sustained substantial damage which would be an understatement, I would say. Um, A lot of people
0: on the social media platforms were surprised that this prop was made out of wood. Armando, your...
3: Yeah, it's an MT propeller. Uh, MT propellers are generally made out of either wood, composite, or a blend of everything. They have metal leading edges with uh, rubber uh, prop de-ice boots, and then the inner core will be wood surrounded by a composite... Mm. um, a composite sheath, if you call it, and then, and then laminate to make it, you know, for the paint and and things like that. But, uh, we had, you know, when a propeller separates, you have a 360 degree circle, right. And it's going to go one way or another. And the odds of it going right into and puncturing the cabin are incredibly rare. I mean, that's, that's some final destination movie stuff right there um luckily nobody got hurt there was a similar incident and that uh, that sob i think it was that that went off the runway in alaska that uh the propeller blade separated and went into the cabin um that i believe either injured somebody or there was a fatal on that one um but uh, i had an empty propeller on my on my lance air um there's advantages to it it's very lightweight you know the the aircraft, uh, is certified for both a macaulay metal prop as well as an empty composite prop so but they're they're incredibly reliable propellers it's just it uh and john put this in the show notes too it likely just exceeded the tolerances that the propeller was built for so if it i, I believe the uh, certification standards is a f- they they chuck a four pound bird at a propeller blade in testing and um, you know if you if you get a, a, a much bigger bird than that, then uh, it could cause some. Not, usually, these composite propellers they they shatter. They kind of do like a little explosion um, for it to just separate and and break off and and then go into the cabin like that. That's an uh, incredibly rare thing to happen.
1: I mean, if this, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking hypothetically because I mean, it's it's a, a, a maybe not frightening incident is is the right word, but I mean, say they were <laughs> high up or higher up, because um, they were quite close to the runway, I believe, from, from that story, obviously, when they were coming in to land. I mean, if something had like, had happened, say, at 10,000 feet, for example, I mean, would that have had any impact on the way that the aircraft behaved? I mean, presumably, like, the single, you know, to have lost one engine is no different on a jet as it is to a, to a prop engine. If you lose one, it'll still fly
3: right it would have been a, a just a compound emergency if it had done this exact same thing at altitude uh it would have also caused a rapid decompression right um so oh, you yeah, would have had true. you had you would have had to deal with both the engine failing right and at that point it's probably just going to go into some kind of overspeed condition because there's there's no air to slow down the engine yeah um so very quickly they're going to get the alarms and, and bells inside the the, the flight deck They'll probably shut the engine down, but but the rapid decompression would have happened pretty much simultaneously. Uh, the only difference as far as the pilots go is, is what are you going to deal with first? Well, probably you got to keep consciousness or so you're going to deal with the rapid decompression first. Nice. Just get the mask on. Uh, we practice that all the time in the simulator. Um, so get that mask on and then it would have just been, all right, what's the next thing that we have to deal with? Um, and to be honest, uh, a jet stream... Forty-one isn't going to be that high, so the passengers in the back, even though they're they're also experiencing that rapid decompression, the aircraft can also get down to safety. Uh, you know, the time of useful consciousness at twenty-five thousand feet. Let's assume they're going twenty-five thousand feet. Uh, probably twenty seconds or so. Right. right. So. Um, the people in the back are going to be fine in the rapid decompression as long, as long as the crew up front is on their oxygen mask, and they can just deal with the the engine yeah. failure first and get the airplane down below ten thousand feet, and then you know configure it to land. Type thing. Wow. that would be the only difference of it happening up in the air.
1: But from a from a so the, but there would there still have been so based on the height where, where this incident took place would there still be um, like a rapid decompression and and all that kind of thing or will it have all more or less equal, equaled out by that point?
3: No, it, it, this uh, this hap- if, if it's going to happen below ten thousand feet, it uh, it would not cause a rapid decompression. Yeah. At that point, the pressurization system is already kind of leveling, leveling up. Out Maybe up, a yeah. little bit okay. different. Yeah, a whole, yeah. Couple psi different, but but not but, enough uh, to.
1: So in, in that incident, your your focus would be the engine essentially and how you get it on the ground and and handling yeah. handling I guess at that point.
3: Yeah. Uh, John Jester at, at, at 25,000 time was time of useful consciousness is more into the minutes. So again, you know, just kind of, you know, it just happened Yeah, yeah. because, because as a pilot you're trained, but, uh, but yeah, you're going to deal with the engine emergency very, very quickly after that.
0: But pictures like this, Nev, make you glad you're sitting in the seat one A. Yeah. Well, from. I'd be in one A, wouldn't I? I'd, I'd be in space no idea. Of
2: noise behind be in me.
0: What, what's all that fuss about? Yeah. Yes. I'll have another
2: piece of caviar yeah, yeah. and some merlot. Sure. Yes. Where's my
1: red wine, please? Bring it. to Can you, me. you to
3: quiet me. down, everybody in the back, please? Stop
1: <laughs> yeah. screaming!
3: What's wrong? <laughs> the noise cancelling on my headsets is really going wonky. Yeah. I'll Can you turn it. the fans
2: <laughs> off? <laughs> yeah, a mega Karen at that point wouldn't i yeah exactly. <laughs> plus
0: plus the thing of it is nev wouldn't hear it anyway because he'd have his his noise canceling earphones course, on anyway absolutely. yes absolutely. yes yeah. and
2: if if it was at altitude I'd, I'd notice things starting flying around the cabin and um <laughs> Uh, my ears popping considerably true was, that, is, that is a very good point <laughs> and listing up on what happened yeah like, john
0: yeah. jester says that he says you know it's happening because your ears hurt Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so true, true then moving on to the next story and this is this is actually quite sad because there's a lot of um aircraft injured in this particular story but i'm under you've got this one
3: yeah, this is from ADN.com, and on Sunday morning, this uh, gentleman, Don Hammond, watched as powerful winds at the Palmer Municipal Airport in Alaska, um, <laughs> they grabbed hold of his six-seat uh, sightseeing airplane and threw it around like a toy, according to his words. Wow. Um, the uh, plane crashed upside down into an icy onto the icy pavement. Um, the Piper Cherokee Six was one of at least five aircraft that were totaled during the severe windstorm that caused this mayhem at uh, and left thousands of people without um, electricity, without power for days in near sub-zero um, temperatures. Some of the hangars, many of the planes uh, sustained damage, according to the owner of this this Piper. Um, they estimate that there was well over a million dollars damage in the airport. Um, but he said that it could have been worse without the help of other airplane owners and Good Samaritans who worked with him to secure airplanes at the airport. Um, Hammond said that the loose aircraft could have added much more chaos and damage during the already intense storm. Uh, The National Weather Service during the storm reported a peak gust of 79 miles per hour at the Palmer Airport and 88 uh, miles per hour elsewhere in Palmer. Um, He said that uh, they said that that was um, there was a recording with a a handheld wind meter and that the readings there at the airport were up to 120 miles per hour. Uh, So during one of his patrols at the airport over the weekend, Hammond, uh, the owner, watched as a plane broke free, careened down the tie down area striking and damaging about five other airplanes. Um, And at that point, he knew that the situation was quickly getting out of control. That's when others arrived to help. Hammond put the uh, plea out on social media uh, for people to drive large vehicles to the airport so that they could be parked in front of the airplanes to shield them against the winds. Um, There you go. I mean, this is... uh, I I, I was at the Statesville Airport here in North Carolina in just uh, 40 mile-per-hour winds, and I, I watched airplanes moving... Um, on their tie downs, and even just that right there is going to cause uh, an incredible amount of ma- damage because we have those airplanes tied down. You know, it's not we're, they're not moored down like with chains or anything like that. But even then, the winds were pushing; they were exactly uh, perpendicular to the aircraft. They would push the tail of the aircraft, and a couple of them, it ripped either the tie down hook off, or or it bent like on a Cessna 310. There's this, this tail strike. And it, and that's where the tie down is. It just bent that completely out of shape. So that's some um, structural damage there. But yeah, winds—you really just can't, you just can't do anything about it. I mean, as much as you can tie down airplanes, there's still going to be damaged. Flight controls, right? I mean, you have a, a big windstorm like that. You have a, a dinky little metal um, wind wind gust lock in in your airplane. It could bend that. Uh, plus, there's these crazy forces. I mean look at the MD, uh, MD 90 that crashed in, in Houston, right. That had stuff that were, they were, they're thinking that it suffered some wind damage. Um, and that's, that's damage that, that you couldn't see. That was, uh, that was these little control arms inside the elevator housing. And, and, um, you know, even through a severe windstorm, anybody that owns an airplane, flies an airplane, rent an airplane be very very careful about the airplane that you get into because there may be s- unseen damage into it uh, on it you know
0: just looking in the chat room and ivy said that he's had a, um, a 200 i think he means a crj CR- 200 yeah, yeah. jump the chocks during a microburst um an wow. aircraft that weighs thirty two thousand pounds empty yeah that aircraft
3: they, they warned us about when i was getting my dc3 type rating they warned us about that too they said you know um it's a, at the end of the day, it's still a tail dragger, <laughs> and despite the fact that it it weighs twenty thousand pounds, it uh, it uh, it'll also jump to chocks and and just.
1: Well, of course, because yeah. like, I mean, the 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 very nature of the beast is that it is incredibly aerodynamic, isn't it? So you know, they're designed to find lift more or less it's, anywhere. So it's
3: like, aerodynamic if it's pointed in the right direction. If true. it's not pointed in the right direction, then it's the opposite of aerodynamic right it, it's, a, it's a barn door right <laughs> lovely
1: yeah okay yeah, yeah it's all right so, if you move the yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: john john jester also same thing crj 200 uh jump in the chocks um you know it's uh, that was probably at washington dulles i imagine because I, I think that's where he worked but
0: uh, dull airport yes yeah <laughs> so moving from a windy story uh over to to a happy story actually because this is regarding careers we always like to have lots of jobs within the aviation industry uh this is on the chronicle live.co.uk and more than 500 jobs available at newcastle international airport careers fair Uh, So for those looking to mark the beginning of a new year with a new job, how about the transfer to the aviation industry? The glamour and excitement of flying to foreign lands every day is a tempting perk for many, but there's much more to flying than just being pilot or cabin crew. To show off all that the aviation has to offer, Newcastle International Airport is hosting a careers fair on January the 14th. That's next next week, isn't it? Yeah, next week. Mm. uh, At St James Park. Organised in conjunction with Newcastle United Foundation, the SAFC, uh, Foundation of Light and Newcastle College, there are more than 500 jobs uh, recruited for between the airport and its business partners. The fair will have a mix of entry-level, team leader, and managerial vacancies on offer, with roles available across the airport, in airside operations, customer services, warehousing, security, and car parks. Uh, business partners exhibiting at the fair include ground handling operator Swissport, who we all know, at the airport's largest partner airline Jet2.com, and Gosforth Bakery Chain, Greggs. Me. So Nick Jones, Chief Executive of Newcastle International Airport, said it's a very exciting time for the airport as we prepare for an increase in passenger numbers and a welcome a number of new airlines and new routes for the region for 2022. He said it's our ambition to be the best airport. and We're looking for enthusiastic, hardworking and committed individuals to help achieve our vision. Newcastle International Airport Careers Fair takes place, as I said, at St James Park uh, from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., on Friday, the 14th of January. So that's next Friday. So if you're that area, uh, candidates are invited to register online to attend the fair. And anyone interested can find out more via the links that uh, we will put with the show notes for this episode uh, for this story. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you take yourselves over to uh, the chronicle chroniclelive.co.uk, uh, you'll find the story on there. But uh, it's good news, guys, considering. You know the current climate and stuff that we're in um and newcastle's not exactly the largest airport in the uk no that's um,
2: true yeah.
0: i i haven't flown haven't have you flown from there nev
2: yes a, a few times in fact quite oh. a few times um but they've closed the ba lounge so uh, <sighs> so you won't be flying again then that's what so <laughs> i'm not ticking it off my list anymore really but no seriously it's actually a pretty capable airport and um Runways good enough for some uh, pretty long haul routes. Uh, Emirates use it to go to Dubai, for example. Um, And uh, it's good that they're doing careers fairs like this to to encourage more people uh, back into the industry. Brilliant.
0: Yes, good news. Good news, what we like to hear. So Matt, you've got the next story and we're moving across the pond to Armando's side. Oh, are we? Country,
1: yes. Indeed, so we are off Uh, The headline is um, John F. Kennedy International Airport launches new wellness centre. John Uh. F. Kennedy International Airport has partnered with Express Spa and Port Authority to launch um, the Treat Health and Wellness Centre, according to International Port Review. The centre will be located in Terminal 4 and will offer on-site care from medical professionals with services such as COVID-19 PCR tests, um, IV drip infusion therapy, flu shots and sessions such as yoga and fitness. Uh, the president of the airport and CEO of JFKIAT is... The operator of Terminal 4 at John F. Kennedy International Airport said, We are very pleased to partner with Express Par and the Port Authority to launch Treat's first brick and bricks and mortar location as we enter the holiday season and continue to experience increases in air travel, ensuring a safe environment remains our highest priority. Our partnership is our latest initiative to provide our customers with a safe and seamless experience and we are very pleased that Terminal 4 will be the home of Treat's first Luke location. Uh, Doug Zasman from Express Bar uh, Group CEO said... In this pandemic world, uh, people are now prioritising health and wellness, especially when travelling. This first-of-its-kind suite of travel, health and wellness services is leading a new era in wellness travel. Whether you need a test, want to work out, seek health care on the go or just escape from the stresses of travel, TREAT will be an invaluable set of resources as traveller needs continue to evolve. Yeah, can can I? I'm, I'm going to be very, very controversial here, and I apologize if I offend anyone really? as I line. say this. What a load of rubbish! I'm sorry. <laughs> what a load of squirt. Oh, I, I, you know, I love
0: that.
3: I think I'm I'm a, I would be a little bit hesitant to go into an express spa uh, at the airport between flights and get an IV drip. Yes. You know, like are they, are they going to be trained in that, or is that the <laughs> same person that does foot massages? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously they're going to have somebody if they're going to be given flu shots and all that stuff. There's FDA yeah regulations, but oh boy,
1: I I, I just think I just think there are better things you could do at the airport rather than this heat. Yeah, like Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I mean, okay. I mean, you know, with the exception of myself, I mean, everybody, you know, I get why people enjoy like going to the gym, for example, but that's something you usually do in your hotel. Presumably you don't, I mean, I I can't see people arriving at the airport a bit earlier just so that they can go to the gym. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a gym bunny, so I guess I don't get it. But like, my, most of these people will have, like, you know, if if they're worried about stuff like that, then they'll have booked a hotel, like, the night before and probably done it in the hotel's gym. Oh, I, I just, I can't, I, I, it just sounds like yet more reasons for people to miss their flights.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you've got a delay and now you've got an extra four or five hours. Well, yeah, okay. yeah. Four or yeah. five
0: hundred pounds, yeah. Well, yeah, quite.
3: Maybe maybe go in for some yoga or something like that i definitely get the COVID test well that's great to have yeah, well, something yeah, inside absolutely. the terminal okay yeah, but, that's yeah, great yeah but, you, next- yeah but you
1: can do that at heathrow now you can go and have a pcr test so it's just like you know that's- yes yeah. i know yeah indeed carlos knows to his great experience I, I mean right. nev i mean does this, is this something that that's gonna tickle your fancy on you know before your flight to newcastle
2: I'm just thinking, you know, I'll just say to Mrs. Neville, I'm just going to leave uh, three hours earlier to Mm. go to my uh, domestic flight up to Edinburgh uh, because I would like some IV infusion (laughs) at the airport. It's not going to fly, is it, really? Literally. Um, I I think
1: it's a very bizarre thing to do, if I'm brutally honest. I think it's a very, very bizarre thing. But then what do I know? I'm just a muppet.
3: (laughs) I mean, like our professional drinkers in the chat room are pointing out, oxygen and an IV do wonders for a hangover so perhaps (laughs) perhaps you've had a delay for your business meeting there's a couple million on the line you go into express spa and be like hey give me the hangover special give me the the saturday morning special and uh there you go maybe that's what it's for is
0: that
1: a euphemism for something i'm not sure yeah because
3: you go out (laughs) drinking on friday night right okay (laughs) anyway (laughs) moving on
0: before we move into other kinds of entertainment oh or, uh, it's,
3: Nev, it's, it's you've, covid time so maybe wednesday afternoon
0: no, too so no no you've <laughs> got uh, you've got the next story about uh no times or as they're called now notice to air mission
2: Yes, and there's been a lot of chat about NOTAMs in in the last few months. Um, And uh, on the AINonline.com, it says that a new iOS app called Jumpseat has launched to help crowdsource important information that isn't always included in a notice to air missions, which we know as NOTAMs. Uh, The app has been in beta testing since June and is now available to any user currently for free. Jumpseat was launched by the company co-founders Ben Zavaldil and Brad Doblin uh, to provide an easily accessible repository of information that either isn't covered by NOTAMs or that pilots have to search for in siloed locations such as online forums and social media or that might be local knowledge from ground handlers. We've seen complaints uh, resounding across the industry, uh, Zavaldi says. NOTAMs don't solve this. Solve This This isn't necessarily the fix, but we have the technology to get away from forums scouring Facebook or hoping our operations department gets good information or hoping that siloed information gets out. The app offers a simple presentation of a world map populated with airports. Click on any airport to see reports about that airport or the local terminal area forecast. To add a report, users can click on the plus button and then select the type of events such as runways taxiways atc scams fuel violence strikes and weather uh, although these are many airports there are many airports with no reports yet Uh, users can view a feed of all reports beginning with the latest. Many of the reports concern fuel shortages, for example, a uh, December the 13th report about Cape Town International Airport where fuel is limited, better check it's available before you operate, according to Zavaldil, Uh, A lot of this comes from my experience with ferry pilots who don't know where they're going from one week to the next. Users can upvote posts in Jumpseat and the founders plan to add a function to flag an item so that its information can be reviewed. It's really about the community, says Doblin. Uh, That's why we have the upvoting. Another future function is how to share critical information, perhaps with an alert level indicator. This could be done by pinning an urgent post to the top of the feed, or by adding some kind of notification system for users. We've got a couple of avenues to look at, as Zavaldil says. Jumpseat's Jump Seat's revenue model will likely involve a subscription at some point, but the founders are still working on developing the content and functionality. The core features will remain free, similar to how the sports track Tracking app Strava works, but we want to make sure people get the information that they need. He says, and that they are not locked out until they pay. Now, no-tams is, is one of those hot topics. Uh, it seems to me. Um, do you think, Armando, this would be a useful thing to for people to pick out the most relevant or the most important no-tams at an airport?
3: Hmm. No. Oh. I don't. I, I, cause, cause you have a regulatory thing. There's a, there's a legal requirement there. You can't, um, uh, I don't know. You can't, how are you going to use a crowdsourced information, piece of information for either regulatory or to determine your, your, I guess, risk going into an airport. I, it, this is not for the professional pilot. I think this, uh, it's already 9 dollars $9.99 a month or $99 for the year. I think it's, uh, it's kind of find a little home in, in some general aviation, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'll probably eat my words here. Somebody <laughs> at some point said that for flight wasn't going to catch. I'm so, <laughs> I'm saying now that th- this is just another, I've already got enough stuff to do, uh, before a flight, even when I'm flying general aviation and, uh, uh, the uh, for flight has comments on there. They you can you know other users can leave comments and say hey you know this isn't in the airport but it's a little tight here park here. Um, I guess if they kept it free I don't know how they could do that but I don't know I've already got enough stuff to look at but that's just me. Somebody somebody else out there might have a different opinion on this and and uh, and want to know you know what it, it can't I can't possibly see this being linked to the actual notam system i think they're using notams as a as a marketing gimmick because everybody knows uh that they suck so they
1: <laughs> don't sit on a fence, so th- fence there will you
3: <laughs> yeah but I, but I, but, it's, but that's still the law right like that's what in an accident investigation that the official notams are going to be and i'm and i'm looking on their website at at uh at Jumpseat and you know, they're, they're calling it a social NOTAM app. Mm, so right. I think we got to de- delineate the two things. It's not going to parse NOTAMs. It's not going to determine the most important NOTAM, legal NOTAM for you. I think it's just going to be a, uh, I don't know, hey, wa- watch out. This taxiway is uh, narrower than... than uh, then it shows on the ramp or, or on the diagram or something, or, or don't get the barbecue at the at the airport <laughs> restaurant.
2: Fair enough.
4: I do right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you don't want to come back with deli belly, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh blimey! Moving on swiftly. <laughs> and uh, story number eight. Then Armando uh, going over to Australia for this story. Yeah,
3: this is from smh.com.au, and it is Qantas is finding that pilots who have flown, who have not flown for long periods due to the COVID-19 pandemic are making errors, such as commencing takeoffs with a parking brake on, uh, need more, and they're needing more time for routine procedures. These problems were outlined in an internal Qantas memo uh, obtained by the Aviation Herald, uh, sorry, by the Herald and the Age, which are, uh, I'm assuming, Australian newspapers. Um, But they underscore the challenges that airlines are facing worldwide as, Out-of-practice pilots are returning to full duties after having been stood down for so long. In the memo, the head of Qantas's fleet operations says that the two-year disruption from the pandemic had, quote, created a situation where expert pilots have lost recency and experienced a subsequent reduction in cognitive capacity. Uh, Routines items that used to be completed with a minimum of effort now occupy more time and divert attention from flying the aircraft, end quote. According to the uh, airline's flight operation teams that monitors these trends and looks for systemic or repeat events, they've, they they uh, summarize the recent trends from the Qantas pilot reports, uh, identifying them as errors uh, while the planes were on the ground, such as the parking brake thing, um, or misidentification of altitudes and airspeeds, which I think there was just a, was it an Emirates uh, 777 um, at Washington Dulles that that uh that had an issue with with uh, the altitude being set incorrectly
0: yeah it was yeah
3: yeah so it's kind of these uh these things that carlos as you saw on our flight you very much get into a habit into a flow into the swing of things when you do go for long periods but that's i mean really uh it's matt it's been a while since you've driven a, a large coach uh right? yes would you, yeah right? absolutely so yeah
1: would you be comfortable just jumping right back in <sighs> Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah, so I mean yeah, I'd probably want to just take it for a little bit of a spin around the block first, you know what I mean, just to sort of more because like in my in my case it's like, you know, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that the practical still skills are still there, but it's it's silly things like uh, allowing significant um, space when you're going around a corner to a, so that the back wheel doesn't hit the curb and things like that, which is so, which is almost like a muscle memory reflex type thing actually. When you're when you're doing it, so when you're allowing that extra compensation to go around the corner, and so yeah, you, I would sort of want to go around the block or go for a, ra- a few roundabouts just to sort of remind myself of how the thing handled almost.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I would argue that over the last two years, most of us forgot how to people. And we're just getting back into the swing of how to people and how to be around people, right? So yeah, I, I anything- kind
1: of—I kind of decided I don't like people. That's <laughs> that's, that's that's the problem. It's well, like- you know what? Many pilots decided they <laughs> well, don't <yeah>. like flying. <laughs> well, true, yeah. So sort of come come the other come out the other side of the pandemic, and you think actually I quite like being at home now. <laughs> you know, and yet yeah. I was the one that was out all the time. You know, I was out always, but uh, you yeah, know, I've, I've sort of gone very much the other way where I'm. Like, no, I prefer to be at home and I don't like it when there's lots of people around and all that kind of thing. But I don't I don't think I'm alone with that, actually. It's that same sort of thing. Is yeah, We're know. slightly off topic. Anyway, shut up.
3: Um, <laughs> I think last year at some point, last year being seven days ago, we um, we did a story <laughs> where the Air Force, the US Air Force, was facing a similar issue in that uh, due to the reduction in operations because of COVID over the last couple of years, there was a... Um, an atrophy in, in in critical skills and tactical knowledge and tactical skills, right? So then you have airplane knowledge, uh, regulatory knowledge, as well as your, your actual, um, tactical skills that, mm. that you have to employ and all of that. It's like a language, you know, if you don't use a, a foreign language for yeah. a couple of years, you're, you're it's the penguins are going to fall off the iceberg and, and, and they're not going to jump back on. They're just going to swim away indeed penguins on an iceberg is from another show do you guys know okay
0: it's from no. opposing bases oh, i should know that one really, shouldn't I? oh my
3: gosh you guys it's the best oh. aviation podcast out there oh, i'm just kidding <laughs> no they really are good
0: no they are for, good they are good i, I'm, I, I am purpose. tuning in
3: yeah for a different purpose
0: so nev you've got the uh, last story because obviously nev you are uh, a connoisseur of um the kind of loyalty programs that airlines <laughs> offer, I think uh, you'll 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 like this one.
2: Uh, well, yeah, this is on thepointsguide.com, <clears throat> and it says that uh, Virgin Atlantic Flying Club is offering the frequent flyers of a long list of competing programs the chance to give its elite status a try. If you have top tier status in a number of airline loyalty programs, you're eligible to partake in Virgin Atlantic's latest status match. Uh, Virgin Atlantic is matching to either its gold or silver status, depending on the elite status you currently have. Here's how the match works. If you have top tier status with one of the uh, airline's loyalty programs, which I'm going to mention in a second, you'll get gold status with Flying Club. And if you have a second tier status with one of the airlines, you'll get matched to Flying Club Silver status and the list is as follows uh, on air new zealand airpoints it's gold and elite plus on alaska A- mvp it's mvb uh, mvp gold and mvp gold 75k american airlines advantage is platinum pro and executive platinum uh, british airways executive club <clears throat> silver and gold <laughs> and uh, cathay pacific marco polo is gold and premium Uh, LL, uh, the MATMID program is Gold and Platinum, Uh, Emirates Skywards, Gold and Platinum, Uh, Etihad Guest, Gold and Platinum, Uh, Hawaiian Airlines, Hawaiian Miles, Gold and Platinum, Hong Kong Airlines Fortune Wings, Gold and Platinum, Iberia Plus, Oro and Platino, Uh, Lufthansa, Miles and More is Senator and Honorary Circle. Qantas Frequent Flyer is gold and and platinum. Qatar Privilege Club, gold and platinum. SAS Eurobonus is gold and diamond. Singapore Chris Flyer, silver and gold. South African Voyager, Silver, Gold and Platinum. Swiss Miles and More is Senator and Honorary Circle. Turkish Miles and Smiles is Elite and Elite Plus. United Mileage Plus is Premier Platinum and Premier 1K. And finally, Virgin Australia Velocity is Gold and Platinum. Now, in order to match your status to either Flying Club Gold or Silver status, You'll need to submit proof that you have current top tier or second tier status on another airline and already have a, a revenue flight booked uh, with the Virgin Atlantic in any cabin for silver and in premium or upper class only for gold. hope you understood all that. <clears throat> uh, if you meet the criteria and are interested in giving Flying Club a test drive, uh, here's how to register for the status match firstly you be, you have to be sure that you already have a flying club membership then submit your status match request at the special landing play page it does go on a bit I've got to say and by the time you've ticked all the boxes I'm quite it, confused it, it sounds <laughs> a bit like the sort of thing you might have to do if you're going to get on an international flight with Covid status <laughs> and all the rest of it there's quite a lot of stuff going on there, but the final paragraph says it all for me. Virgin Atlantic reserves the right to revoke the status match if you subsequently cancel the flight that you made eligible for the status match. Um, So, I mean, that's fair enough. But there's a lot of boxes you've got to tick along the way. Mm. So, obviously they're they're trying to get the premium customers uh, into Virgin to try out their premium cabins and That's the problem, of course, that everybody's got at the moment is that uh, there's very little business travel going on in those premium cabins uh, compared to over two years ago. So they need to get the folks uh, back in there. So I'm not knocking the, um, the idea. But it just seems uh, you do have to jump through a number of hoops to do it. Well, and
1: surely that's going to be the issue, Nev, isn't it? I mean, if you make it too complicated. So if you want people to sort of come and try the product and you make it really complicated for them to, you know, sort of, you know, copy their status across, if you like, into, into, the, into the Virgin Atlantic world. I mean, surely that'll just put people off. I mean, I know loads of people who get if if they have any problem with the website whatsoever, they just they just give up and try something else, you know.
2: Yeah. And my feeling about this one is that if people wanted to try Virgin's upper class or, or one of their premium cabins, well, they would have just booked it. And true. You know, <laughs> true. I know that they've not got the sort of the the status carryover mm. or anything, but they sure they would have just booked it to see yeah. and try it out. But anyway,
0: good point. Are you, are you still racking up uh, plenty of uh, points with the LBA boys? Uh,
2: yes, that's going very nicely. And those very nice folks of BA have given me a year of free gold. Ooh. So Ooh. as of uh, April the 8th, I get a year of free gold coming up. Because, again, I've not been able to fly as much as yeah. I have previously. But not your fault, they've, essentially. They, they've yeah. done that on quite a few people that I've spoken to as well, actually. Blimey. So that, that's pretty nice. And, yeah, very uh, good so that's nice of them um but uh yes hopefully we'll get back to a bit more long-haul business mm. well at some point i don't know when currently but mm. um, i'm hoping it'll be soon
0: uh, are you a member of any um frequent flyer program I'm Mando? uh
3: yeah i'm a american airlines platinum i think platinum whatever mm. whatever the like second one down is yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't really have a choice i I live in Charlotte so that would be true. Yeah. Every, everywhere I go, if I if I got to go to the grocery store, I got to get on American Airlines.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where is the grocery store? I think, I think <laughs>
3: Steph is Steph is in the same boat. She's she's probably American uh titanium or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, at least.
0: Tight. Yeah. With well, the amount of flying that uh, yeah. Steph done over the last few yeah. years, she she must be a a palladium yeah. um holder, I should yeah. think. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, we don't
3: we don't have much other options here in in Charlotte if you're a regular traveler.
1: No, I, so, I suppose that would depend very much on the airports you have access to as well, of course, because you say if it, if most if you do most of your flying out of Atlanta and you know American Airlines is the only you know port of call if you like for that, then it it it's fine. It, you know, I, I suppose I guess we're quite lucky here in the fact that we're sort of only a couple of hours away from like you know three major London airports. Um, you know, where we've got access to all sorts of airlines. But, you know... Uh, Nev's yeah. even closer. Well, true, true. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> indeed. So that is where we bring the commercial news segment to close uh, this week. Now, Armando, there's a video, isn't there?
3: Yeah, we've all been looking forward to this. Um, it it really was hard to take a forty five minute flight and, and reduce it down to something palatable here on the on the podcast. Also, keep in mind it's an aviation podcast. Um, but I, I, I this so this is the video we've been talking about. Carlos getting to ride along in the right seat. Um, now because because this is for entertainment purposes only, uh, I have to caveat that this this was uh, a part legally it was a part ninety one single pilot. A flight. Carlos got along to ride with me. Um, we did a thorough pre-brief before getting into the airplane. We even sat in the airplane um, for a little bit, just like you would uh, any pilot that's coming into the right seat. Um, it, the video is very abridged. It is edited. So if you're a professional pilot, don't don't judge us on uh, checklist completions or, or communications or anything like that. I had to take a lot of it out. Uh, sometimes that was in the middle of a checklist. For you professional pilots out there, this is just going to sound like any other flight. Um, it's very busy. Uh, sometimes our hardest—I was telling Carlos that sometimes our hardest flights are actually uh, the shortest ones because there's no break. You're you're constantly, you know, you take off, you you get out of the terminal environment, and you're very quickly getting ready to to go into your destination. Uh, Carlos got to see that he did a, f- a fantastic job with with the GPS and 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 running checklists and getting to see how that kind of goes so um, um also carlos is used to flying a Cessna 150 uh i we were we were doing 260 knots ground good lord so right. take it take it easy on him uh he did he did a great job the owner is a uh an awesome individual who's known to a lot of aircraft so he was very patient in the back um but there you go those are all my caveats because uh this is for entertainment purposes only and and it's just uh carlos do you have anything to add on on this?
0: No, no, only that, uh, like Armando just said, you know, when you're used to flying something that travels at about 80 knots, 90 knots with a tailwind to something that travels at, was it two sixty, two two 80 we were at, at one point? Uh,
3: yeah, we're about 270.
0: Yeah, That's 270, yeah. Thing. Any any input, you know, with a Cessna, you, you literally turn the control, you know, you're going like this to get the thing to move, whereas in the Pilatus PC-12, you're literally just breathing on the control yoke
3: and it's a Pilatus. i mean the jets are even even more touchy than that if you get into the corporate jets or any of the big jets so uh anyways enough talking matt if you're ready let's hit the button <laughs> all
4: right three five Asheville seven EQI load procedure arrival Enville three Alright, flat plan is set. Fuel is reset. It'd make it look far too easy. Alright, let's do Um Refly. Uh Engine start checklist. Engine start checklist. Here we go. Engine instruments. Everything's green. Gen two, then one. On on. External power. Is removed. A V one is on. Two. Inverter. Is switched. ECS is set to auto. And flaps. are set fifteen indicating. 15 And the separator Is open Cooling and heating Is appropriate Uh pressure test Complete and so Engine start checklist complete Alright, let's do uh, before taxi checklist Okay, capital pressure control Is uh, set HRS 1 and 2 uh, Set And autopilot test Is complete Comms navs xpdr uh, uh, We got everything set, let's just double check the departure frequency for the Asheville Seven. All right, so we've got uh, eight one. is uh, uh, ground is 1219, one nine. Yep. Asper is one twenty one. Asper one. Departure twenty four sixty five. We'll set that there. Twenty four sixty five. Okay, set and calls. Uh, Reviewed. Okay, before taxi check, clicks complete. Right, let's taxi out. Hey Greg, good afternoon. of 479 Tango coming out of the signature with
2: hotel. 479
4: Sierra Tango, runway 35 taxi via alpha. Alpha to three five nine tier Tango Okay, let's do uh keep keep going to the checklist. Okay. Four takeoff. Full takeoff checklist. Uh brakes. Check flight control. Brakes. Correct. Flaps are set fifteen indicating. Flight instruments. Checked and set left. And flight director is Toga. L two pre Three uh eight thousand armed. And heading bug is set for runway heading. And trim? Three green and square. EGPWS EGPWS, system OK OK, and crew briefing Happy left seat, 55 takeoff, runway 35 uh, I'm uh, a little bit slower, we're just trying to get up and away from the wind We'll probably climb at 130 knots or so and uh, get up above all this Asheville 7 departure, uh, they'll give us a heading on the departure Any emergencies below 1,000 feet, we're just going straight ahead, there's a lake Roger that. Uh, above 1,000 feet, we'll come back and put it yeah, okay. down. Uh, that'll be emotional so with the 30 knot wind. That's it. Roger that. uh, I was hoping to get out before him. Yeah, I think he's actually. regional jet six mile final, fly the runway heading, runway 35, clear for takeoff. OK, runway 35, runway heading, clear for takeoff, 9, sure, tango. All right, final items, please. Okay, lights are set, ice protection is set, Cause is reviewed, runway side it is 3-5 And conditional lever is final, final items complete And runway 3-5 rolling Power set Power set 60 knots
0: 70 knots 80 knots 90 knots. And 100.
4: Alright, gear up. Alright, gear up. And gear coming up. Hey, okay, departure, good afternoon. Pull out 479 sure, Tango, 30, 500, quarterway heading. 479-0 Tango, the departure, radar contact, climbing team 10-10,000. 10,000, your sure, Tarko. All right, climb power now, set. Just wanted to get away from the ground. Top of the green, 36 psi on the torque. Why not November 479, Sheratango 8000 for 10,000. We're 479, Sheratango, four let us know 11,000, 11, that's going to be a final altimeter, Charlotte 2984. Okay, 11,000 as our final, we'll do that uh, 29849 4 9 Sheratango. set. Controls. I have control. Don't focus too much. Nice and easy on the controls. Look outside. Enjoy the view. 1,000 feet to go. It's going to start leveling you down. You'll see it say Alt C for altitude capture. Just kind of nice and easy. Just follow it down. Uh, we'll see, Americans. Keep it coming 60, up. Keep it coming up. Coming up. they yeah, about 50 low still. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. And start leveling the wings. Nice and easy. Easy, easy, there you go, that's good. A Little bit to the right, a little bit to the right. There you go. I'm gonna help you with the altitude here. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a lot more sensitive than... Yeah, it's cause, we're doing, cause we're doing 266 knots. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you gotta kinda stay ahead of it. See how we're going up and down and up and down? Yeah. Just get get a good scan going,
2: and you'll see
4: that you're going up or yeah. down. Just kind of catch it. Just fly it first, don't worry about the trim yet. <laughs> Once the airplane settles, then you can trim it. Down. Yeah, it's telling you go down? Yep. Yeah. So just kind of follow it down. There you go. You, every time you push over, you turn left.
2: Contact so you
4: must have not had your, your orange juice this morning or today. something. One two seven eight five, 3, 2, 7. Nice and easy, nice. You You must work out one arm more than the other one because when you push... Alright, I'm going to help you real quick. Center Aloha 710, flat level 246 descending. So no big moves because they can feel it. Whatever you feel, they can feel three times as much in the back. You're a machine, Carlos. Hold it right there. 124 Kilo Gulf, contact. Don't go left. Atlanta Center, I'm sorry, don't no, still approaching. 118.0. Yeah, line up for a lot of stuff. 479 Sierra Tango, 11,000. 479 Sierra Tango, Atlanta Center, descend and maintain
0: 9000,
4: 9 Sierra 9, 9, Tango. Okay. Alright, we're gonna start down. Yep. Hey, uh, Charlotte, 4790 Tango is 10,000 for 9,000. Sorry. Number 4790 Tango, Charlotte approach, Charlotte altimeter 2984. Expect a visual approach at Monroe. Verify you have the weather and no doubt. Yeah, we do have the weather and uh, we'll just do the visual for uh, 9, Sierra Tango. Number 90 Tango, Roger. Okay. Hey. There you go. Okay. Relax a little bit. Yep. November 2, Sierra, also clear direct to with go if you like. I think it's the thing about being too heavy-high to, used to fly to, you know... Hell yeah. ...you want 72 or 150 Nope, just keep it nice and light. This is like... ...tiny, tiny little corrections. ...baby little corrections. Yeah. So I'm gonna show you, just follow along with me. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so just keep keep an eye on it, and then keep a nice can going. Just so you know what else you're doing, right? So you're descending, we're going down to 5,000 feet. Doing 170 knots on the descent. All right. What All you right, doing? With the, the, what what are you doing, doing with the wings there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two at <laughs> Remain on your beacon code. Your sources are terminated. Contact Concord Tower. One three four point six five. All right. Uh, don't <laughs> you're like one of those big-handed crabs, where like one to claw down. is bigger than the other. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, now watch the altimeter. 4500. Yep. Yeah. You can kind of cheat before the the flight director tells you. Don't Ooh. climb. Don't climb. All right, my controls. Your controls? Nope, oh, it's getting bouncy. We are machines. they so must be, he's doing what you said. What you said he might do bring us, right? Yeah, so we're taking yeah. we're taking the tour, basically. At 3,000, we're gonna get bumped around, pretty good. they so you've definitely done this before, spot on. With, the, with those big bumps like that? Yeah. Again, it's a passenger experience trying to give them a smooth ride in the back, so you just stop, you just do whatever control input you need to, to just stop the the uncommanded part, let the airplane settle, and then fix it. And like when you're flying formation, uh, we tend to just fix one thing at a time, whether that's your altitude, your lateral, your roll. Like, if you try to fix all the things at once, you end up just kind of gumming it all up. See, the movements on the wheel are just like... That's you and not the autopilot. Yeah, autopilot's off right now. Yeah. Basically hand-flown this whole flight. You hand-flew most of the
0: flight. Oh, yeah.
4: I don't know about that. Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's on video. Gone aircraft to somehow 12 o'clock, just heading out. Okay. Should be going into Charlotte. Yeah. Select EQI. I won't. Yep. Hit the direct button on the right side. I won't. Yep. Hit enter, and then activate at the bottom right. Thank you. nine, here. Uh, All right, Cancel IFR. Nine, zero, ten, IFR Okay, Four, Nine, zero, ten, All right. Since he's in front of us, let's go uh, gear down. Get him. And gear coming down. And flap 15. And flaps 15. Flap 15 selected. Thank you. Once the gear let's do a landing checklist. Roger that. And we've got three greens. Okay, before landing checklist. Landing gear. Down through green already. No landing gear taxi lights. Are on. Flaps set 15. Set 15, we'll stand by 30. Roger that. Autopilot, your damper. Uh, autopilot's off, your damper is uh, to go. And cabin pressure. Turning to zero. That's uh, this will work out pretty good. Alright, got embers away, it's uh, 490 checklist complete. Base okay, speed is 110. 500. We're gonna shoot for about 90, it's rough speed. I know traffic, C-052, turning a lot left base for runway 23 behind the Pilatus Windrub. Okay, 100 knots. After landing, please. Okay. After landing checklist. Condition lever is grounded. now flaps are up. Exterior lights are appropriate. Ice protection off. Radar is standby and trim. Des reset. after landing panel. checklist complete. Yeah, stop. Andrew. Yeah. Nine zero Tango.
1: We're on. I mean,
3: wow.
4: Just
1: <laughs> <laughs> <This is>
4: wow. <laughs> I.
3: I I can't reiterate em- enough how great Carlos did for the conditions that day. It was bumpy when, um, I don't think I mentioned this, but the fir- this was the second flight of, our, of the day. The first flight was from uh, Monroe, North Carolina to Asheville, uh, North Carolina up in the mountains. Um, that flight we recorded for our Patreon supporters. And uh, it's got some, we, we had a little bit of a break that we could actually record a message out also. Um, but when we landed in Nashville that day, the, the winds were 26, gust 36, um, it was bumpy. There was low level winds here. Um, if you're a supporter, you're going to see on that flight that we actually briefed up go around procedures saying, Hey, there's, there's a, they're saying low level wind shear. Um, here's going to be the go around. Um, you know, this is all fun and games, but, but if we really need to do it, we're, we're really going to do it. So it was, and coming back into the Charlotte class bravo you have a 50 50 shot about of either of them taking you high and over the airfield or very low to the ground and taking the scenic tour all the way around charlotte uh, that is what they did with us that day they took us down low so at three thousand feet we were just getting bumped around it was uh it was crazy carlos again you did a, a really really good job uh, i am gonna get Carlos, something that says, don't climb, don't climb. I have controls. <laughs> Probably a mug or something like that.
0: <laughs> I look forward to that. No, it was, um, honestly, I, I I cannot express how much of an absolute treat that was. And, um, yeah, it's, honestly, yeah. I, I've, I've literally backed up the video because I downloaded the videos that Armando's put together and stuff, and I've got them backed up three times. Just in case, drives. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, ah. But no, it, is, it was fantastic, um, Armando, and thanks again for um, for allowing me to experience the uh, life of uh, a corporate oh, pilot. Yeah, charter pilot. Yeah.
3: There you go. All right, enough of that. You guys ready to do some military? Whew. Shall we? Let's oh. do it, Matt. Hit the button. I, 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 I'm gonna give him a moment. Matt. Yeah, yeah there
1: we go. Ready?
2: Go yes. Go <laughs>
3: Okay, so this first military story isn't so much as a military story as it is a roundup. Um, obviously, we've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, some things happened. It wasn't, wasn't. I guess this is a good thing in the military if it's quiet. Um, but, there, but there were some significant things that happened over the holidays. The first one is just a short story from the aviationist.com. Uh, the Royal Netherlands Air Force has declared its F-35As operational. They did that on December 27th, 2021. The, the Netherlands Mis- Ministry of Defense and the Royal Netherlands Air Force have officially declared uh, initial operational capability for their F-35 uh, fleet. In consequence, the Netherlands has become the eighth country um, uh, and the 12th military service to declare IOC for its F-35s. Um, the IOC, in their case, certifies that they, they can deploy deploy a small con- contingent of four F-35s with the personnel and equipment associated with the aircraft anywhere in the world for a short period of time. In other words, the Dutch uh, F-35 lightnings can de- can be d- deployed operationally in theater to support any national or multinational operations. This uh, milestone was achieved after going through several steps and series of ex- exercises at home and abroad, including a 9,000 kilometer uh, long surprise attack on a Dutch range as part of a rapid reaction test. Um, they did this exercise last month at some point, and uh, and there you go. So that's uh, it's good for the Dutch. Uh, another F-35 story, uh, South Korean F-35A uh, performed a belly landing due to an avionics system malfunction. It is the first known uh, gear up landing of an F-35. Uh, it was the Republic of Korea Air Force um, happened on January 4th, so just a couple of days ago, uh, according to South Korea's Yonhap News Agency. Now, this uh, aircraft was in a training mission when an unknown avionic system issue forced a pilot to carry up this carry out this uh, gear up landing at uh, Sosan Air Base, about 151 kilometers southwest of Seoul. Um, before the landing... Uh, the air force mobilized a fire engine to apply special foam on the runway uh, which prevented the jets fuselage from sustaining any serious damage as so it was obviously something that they had time to react to of course there's a joint investigation now between the uh, the korean air force and lockheed martin to determine the root cause of this incident Uh, meanwhile the that air force has uh, suspended all of its uh, f-35 flights Um, for the time being, until the outcome of the investigation. Uh, Keeping on with the F-35s, RAF Lakenheath, right around the corner from you guys, has become the first base in Europe to receive uh, U.S. Air Force F-35s. Four aircraft departed from Fort Worth, uh, arrived at RAF Lakenheath on December 15th, marking the arrival of the first European-based Lightning II fifth-generation fighter um, some of the pictures that Matt just put up there, and I'm sure Jonathan Warner has hanging in his bathroom. Um, <laughs> the uh, aircraft is sporting the uh, colors of the 495th Fighter Squadron uh, emblem on their air intakes, as well as the uh, Lima November tail flash code for Lake and Heath. Um, They also have the motto Mala Ipsa Nova, or uh, bad news itself in Latin. <laughs> on the twin tails mm-hmm. um they are the first uh yeah i don't know hey sometimes you just google translate something that sounds like a great squadron motto and and uh and then you just plaster it on the airplanes um let's see this was another f-35 story that kind of also made some ripples um the united arab emirates canceled their deal to buy f-35 fighter planes from the u.s um, this was a major blow, as the talks to buy fifty F 35s um, that was worth that deal was worth about twenty three billion dollars. Uh, the major setback for the U S. both economically and diplomatically. Uh, in this uh, particular situation, China seems to be emerging as the winner, as the the UAE suspended the purchase of this of this F thirty uh, five fighter jets and have chosen uh, Huawei's uh, five. G-Technology instead. So there you go. They're buying cell phones instead of fighter planes. Um, Let's see. The UAE currently has 59 Mirage 2000, um, which are pretty obsolete. In order to modernize itself, they signed a uh, contract with France's Dassault on December 3rd for 80 Rafale jets. Well, there you go. They didn't buy uh, Chinese cell phones. They bought uh, France's (laughs) airplanes. Um this actually thank, thank is a,
2: goodness you cleared that up. I mean <laughs> Yeah,
3: right. Sometimes sometimes the authors of these stories, let's just from devdiscourse.com. Check yourself, yo.
0: Um
3: <laughs> okay. let's see. Yeah. <laughs> uh that oh yeah. So part of this deal was the aircraft's cyber capabilities. It uh, it's so reliant on on interconnectivity that I think the Emiratis were a little apprehensive at the fact that Lockheed Martin can re- remotely shut down or lock out um, oh. any aircraft. <laughs> uh, I think that, that, you know.
1: That would make you nervous, I think, yeah.
3: Yeah, I guess it's kind of like buying a PC and knowing that anybody could could I, lock you out, yeah. you know, or your work can lock you out, but... Um, yeah, uh, so I think that was a, a big part of it in that these aircraft are so over reliant on on its internet and interconnectivity capabilities that that uh, yeah.
1: I, I, d- I do get that actually. I do understand why you might be nervous. You know why why anybody might be nervous about that.
3: Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the that's the first story. It's basically just an F thirty five roundup. Um, I'm looking at the chat room here, John Chester. Yeah, we did, we talked about the the RD4 or the Super DC3 crash in Anchorage. Uh, it was the last live show yeah. of last year, mm-hmm. um, including the footage and had some good commentary on that. So go back and check that out, because you're isolating now. Sorry to hear <laughs> that, but you got time to catch up?
1: Oh, damn. I would tri- start with
3: episode 208, which is where I came
0: on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> John mean, Jester, yeah. get get yourself X plane, you'll be all right. Right?
3: Okay. <laughs> Says Carlos to the 747
0: captain. Yes. <laughs> There's 747s anyway. on there. Anyway, next one, uh, wow. next story. And uh, there is though. There's 747 on there. Um, I don't fly it though. Yeah, but uh, isn't
1: it like a busman's holiday though? I mean, it's like I, the last thing you want to do when you get home is pretend to fly. When you... <laughs> <laughs>
0: He'd love it. He'd love it. John would love it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one is uh, on dw.com and uh, Israel signing a three billion dollar deal to buy U.S. military aircraft. Well, okay. Uh, The Israeli Defense Ministry said it will buy 12 Lockheed Martin Sikorsky helicopters and two Boeing refueling aircraft. So Israel has signed a deal with the US to buy 12 Lockheed Martin Sikorsky CH 53K helicopters and two Boeing KC 46 refueling planes or. 767s with extra fuel in. Uh, the Israel Defense Ministry said on December the 31st, the Ministry said the deal is worth around $3.1 billion or two point seven three uh, no, uh, 2.73 billion euros, uh, adding that the procurement is part of a wider program to strengthen the capabilities of the IDF, or the Israel Defense Force, and prepare its readiness to face current and developing threats. The deal signed on Thursday includes an option to buy six additional helicopters, the Ministry statement says uh, it said the first helicopters were due to be de- uh, delivered uh, to Israel in 2026. Oh, They've got a bit of time to save up the money then. Uh, the Israeli government committee gave the approval for the purchase last month after the Biden administration also waived it through in July. The new helicopters will replace Shikorsky CH-53 uh, Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir? yes sir? Heavy yes. airlift aircraft. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that have been in use since the late 19, 1960s.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: the deal comes days after a report by the Stockholm International Peace Research uh, Institute said that the global arms industry was flourishing despite the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Armando.
3: Yeah, I I just thought this story was so cool that the fi- the CH-53 is still getting produced the K model. The Marines have ordered it. It's an upgraded, it has been in service since I think 1959 was the first delivery. Uh, Israel was one of the first uh, uh, foreign militaries to use the CH-53. This, this The 53 is still in service with Germany, uh, Iran, Israel, Mexico, and the US uh, Marine Corps um we used we the us air force used it up until 2007 i believe and uh and that was the mh53 pavlo special operations version of it but yeah just a uh, uh one of these aircraft that is venerable um you know we talk about the the 707 airframes the the 135s going back to the 50s the c130s going back to the 50s b52s going back to the 50s but you know sometimes we forget these helicopters and um and like the the, the fifty three, the Sikorsky is just a, an awesome machine, and it's been incredibly upgraded over the years. Um, the current version, the K model, did you guys know it's a hundred feet? It's a hundred feet from the from the tip of the of, of the rotor in the front to the tip of the tail rotor. It's it's ninety nine feet long. Wow,
0: it's not small yeah. then.
3: It's no. not small. <laughs> uh, how many engines do you think it has? Two, three? Uh, I guess.
0: Oh, three. Okay.
3: Yeah. It's got a little hidden engine. Well, it's got a full hidden engine in the in the center compartment there. Just a, a an incredible airplane that is so capable. Um, yeah. What what's
1: the purpose of that that sort of third engine then? Is it just for like residual power and things? Or yeah, is it, power. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Absolutely, power. And then in, in an engine failure situation, you still have two. It's all going to this massive uh, individual gearboxes to the center gearbox. Um, there's a great picture of the the main gearbox uh for the ch53 from from the bottom of the gearbox to the very top where the rotor blades sit is taller than a person i mean it it, it is probably uh nine feet tall wow just the gearbox um very cool just very capable aircraft and until you see one in person uh, up close and personal um, it 's a pretty cool airplane
1: so Nev, you was got- nerding
3: out over helicopters so I
0: threw this story in.
2: <laughs> it's an education, isn't it? It it's is. Nev. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and on to uh, a a fighter jet that's
2: um I don't think it's being made anymore. Indeed, it's on uh, the on flightglobal.com and it says that the US Air Force's next generation air dominance NGAD fighter remains under wraps, but some clues about capabilities the service wants in the aircraft are surfacing. The sixth generation fighter aircraft, one full-scale flight demonstrator secretly flew for the first time in 2020, is expected to replace the service's Lockheed Martin F-22 Raptor fleet starting in the 2030s. Which sounds a long way off, but it's not now, is it? Of course. Uh, Whereas past generations of fighter aircraft relied upon speed and manoeuvrability to defeat foes, it seems that NGAD will lean heavily on stealth characteristics to hide from opponents and on computer power to outsmart them, according to comments from the US Air Force and uh, likely development partners. Disclosures point to a hyper-connected stealth aircraft that will use artificial intelligence programs to rapidly digest and make sense of multiple streams of sensor data, information that will help combat pilots beat their adversaries to the punch. NGAD will be a multi-role combat aircraft, but air dominance will be its primary mission. General Charles Brown, US Air Force Chief of Staff, told the U.S. uh, House Armed Services Committee in June. He added that the service wants the aircraft to have an increased weapons load and increased range. Greater range would be useful flying across the vast areas of the Indo-Pacific region, Brown said. uh, Greater weapons load would probably be needed in combat against China's Air Force, which the Pentagon expects to have a numerical advantage. An all-knowing capability also fits uh, the U.S. Air Force's desire for a uh, desire for an advanced battle management system (ABMS), a, uh, a battlefield network that would allow pilots to make decisions faster using data gathered from around the combat theater. Interest in artificial intelligence partly comes from a belief that the future battlefield is going to be overwhelmingly chaotic and complex, challenging circumstances created by large numbers of sophisticated radars, electronic warfare systems, surface-to-air missiles, and fighter aircraft fielded by advanced adversaries such as China and Russia. Now, I'm not an expert in military, Is some of you No, really know. this is shocking and brand new He's information. Lying. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> Sorry. Do, do we, do, shouldn't this sort of information, I mean, it's it's in the public domain, obviously, yeah. but why do manufacturers and governments put out information like this? about what they're going to develop in order to defeat their potential adversaries. I, I would have thought a, a better move might be not to do that um, <laughs> and then just sort of come out with it. Is, is, is some of this like sort of marking their
1: territory, though? Is, is, uh, is that a correct term? Do you, do you know what I mean? It's just uh, like... Okay. I can't use the words I want to use because this is a family friendly podcast but you know Alan,
0: Alan White makes a very very good point go in the on. chat room actually. Alan's saying, "Hang on a minute. There's F16s and F15s that are still flying in use yet the Raptors are being replaced. How's that?" There you go. Shows you how bad the airplane
3: was. <laughs> right? Was it know. was the F20
0: was the F22 really that bad?
3: No, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not a fighter guy. I mean it looks um, nice. <laughs>
0: I mean it, look, it looks stunning. It looks stunning to sure, look at. Sure, it looks
3: pretty. I I don't know. I I, I don't know the 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 answer to don't, that. Don't I...
1: sit on the fence there, Armando, will you? <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> and why and why put out this information? I'm I'm sure it's all very well calculated.
1: <laughs>
0: Everything know, they do is planned. They, they know
3: exactly what they're putting out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is true. So, Matt, you've got the last story, and it's great I have. news, because we love a good museum.
1: We do, actually, and that's one of the things I'm most excited about for the 400th, of course, is that we get to go and have a look around the Brooklyn's Museum. Hmm. Um, so, And I would certainly love a look around this. So the Pearl Harbour Aviation Museum opens STEM Centre. So Pearl Harbour Aviation Museum opened a 4,000-square-foot aviation learning centre this week that will serve approximately 6,000 Hawaii students each year. Our Pearl Harbor location deepens understanding of history, and students de- as students delve into the STEM fields. Alyssa Lyons, Pearl Harbor Aviation Museum executive director, said in a statement, "Our goal is to promote academic uh, preparedness. Is that a word? Preparedness. Nev, is that grammatically correct? I ooh. I think so. Okay, fair enough. Uh, In the fields of aviation and aerospace, along with the skills of leadership, jump-starting the future for many students. Students from the third to the twelfth grade will learn from a nationally endorsed curriculum and get hands-on STEM experiences in each area of the centre, including the Learning Laboratory, the Simulator Bay and the Hangar, which is home to a 1962 Cessna 150B. Each space will teach students basic aviation concepts like calculating the route factoring weather conditions as well as topics in engineering and mechanics the award-winning aviation learning center curriculum encourages students to practice problem solving and team building skills according to lines research shows that hawaii in particular is facing a critical shortage of pilots technicians mechanics and engineers real job opportunities exist right here in hawaii for applicants skilled in the various career paths students will encounter in the Aviation Learning Centre. Lyon said this is a new educational resource which addresses a critical STEM programming need for students. The Pearl Harbour Aviation Museum is located on historic Ford Island, where bombs fell during the attack on Pearl Harbour in December on December the 7th, 1941. Visitors to the museum can see the remnants from that day of infamy, uh, including the 158-foot-tall red and white iconic Ford Island Control Tower, Hangars 37 and 79, and bullet holes in Hangar 79. Through its preservation and restoration of World War II fighter planes and accompanying artefacts in the museum's historic hangars, Pearl Harbor Aviation Museum shares the story of the vital role aviation played in the winning of World War II and its continuing role in maintaining America's freedom uh, if you want more information on this museum, uh, then what you, and on on the program itself, you need to go to www.pearlharbouraviationmuseum.org. and I should just stress that harbor is spelt H-A-R-B-O-R, um, not like how it's supposed to be spelt.
0: I was just look, actually looking online Matt, that you've Sorry, been reading. Couldn't that. resist. And I've I've got to say I've look I'm looking at the uh, the website that you've just you've spoken yes. about there, and yeah, it yeah. Uh, it looks like an absolutely mm. blinking awesome museum. Oh, i okay. and it really does. It's 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 huge. It's in the hangars are huge inside. with loads of they've got fifty um, aircraft to to look around. Wow. And I I'm just looking at the price of a ticket to get in. It's eighteen quid. Oh, that's not too bad. It's cheaper than uh, Duxford here I think in the Dux, UK.
1: Duxford is twenty six, I think. Twenty, isn't it? yeah, twenty six. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's eighteen quid to get in, or, or twenty five dollars if you want to do it. I too. mean, there is the
1: small matter of the of the fare, obviously, to get over to Hawaii um, yes. from London, obviously, than the parking, which is going to be at least fifty quid. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, prob- it does Duxford look is probably, stunning, probably cheaper though. for us. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it does uh, look but look what stunning, a great though. idea this this program is, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, I think I, th- I mean we quite often run stories the you know and the important of of getting people interested in aviation at an early age you know to make it their career and i think this is a a brilliant opportunity you know this is a brilliant opportunity for people to get their teeth into it and give them a bit of a taste of it as well um i mean i know you're a big fan of the air cadets and they do something very similar don't they where it's that sort of giving you you know experiences that you wouldn't be able to have in in normal life
3: yep absolutely that's uh you know And I love that these museums are now catering towards the next generation. I think, I think aviation, you know, classically was, it was so new and it was such an an evolving thing through the 20th century that all of us became incredibly interested in, in it. But as it's just kind of become more commonplace, I think these museums need to to do things like this to to remain relevant with uh, with the next generation of of kids and pilots and aviators and 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 those people in on all aspects of aviation. Um, I yeah. So I I was thinking as you were reading this, I'll put this out to the to the chat room over the next couple of minutes. What are the 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 best kept secrets? in aviation museums Ooh. we know you know we know duxford we know uh the smithsonian in washington dc uh, udvar hazy uh but what are what are those secret uh aviation museums that you guys i know my contribution to secret aviation museums is mount pleasant texas there is a mid-america flight museum and it's it's just a private owner that made all his money selling dog food oh wow. and how he spends his money is just buys classic airplanes in flyable condition. Um, pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, over the next couple of minutes, what, why don't you guys that, tell that us? That
2: does what, that the markup on dog food is excessive, though, not
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably is. <laughs> um, I, oh, I, I, I kind of wanted to finish the military um, because this is an air show. Where this is Warbirds over Wanaka, right? That's how we pronounce it um the it's an air show that we talk about every year we do a couple stories after it happens in april every year um by all accounts it's happening again april of this year um so i know we have listeners in australia and new zealand because we can see you we can see you on our statistics um so open call for anybody that wants to go to the warbirds over wanaka air show be sort of a field correspondent for us. Maybe, uh, try to get some interviews if you can, or if nothing else, just give us your experience, take some cool pictures. Um, for most of us, that's a, uh, that might as well be a world away, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do, but I don't think I'm going to get to do in the, in the near future. So I would love to have somebody in our, in our listener cadre, um, give us their experience from from that particular issue because it looks pretty darn cool. So um, if you're interested in doing that, our WhatsApp number is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one double six, or just the usual email at podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. And uh, we may be able to give you some guidance if it's the first time you've done something like this or hey, just go out and do it and uh, we'll take care of the editing or I'll take care of the editing, something like that. Anyway, I just thought it would be very cool to to have somebody out there at Warbirds over one of us, so.
1: Absolutely, good. Yeah, get in absolutely. touch in the usual way. So as I say, we know we've got people in Australia who do listen, and uh, yeah, it would be great to have somebody on the field there. Take you, you don't need much in the way of equipment. I mean, you'd be absolutely amazed what you can do with an iPhone these days. <coughs> they really stop it. Yeah. Um, a quality uh product uh like that. You can if you you know if you're really scraping the barrel, I suppose you could use an Android handset as well. Um, but uh, so, yeah, sometimes just a GoPro if you have so, a yeah, GoPro, yeah, they yeah, have anything, yeah, audio. literally. Yeah. Um, um, but if you are if you are hoping to go or you, or you or you're you're listening and and you're likely to go over there, then do please get in touch because we would love uh, to sort of get some get some content really from one of possibly one of the best. Um, i feel sort of air shows uh, that we've never yet been able to get to because of restrictions and things like that so yeah, yeah. plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six is the whatsapp number and of course the email is podcast at plain talking com. that's podcast at plain talking com.
0: yeah thanks for that yeah we hope to hear from you very soon all our australian listeners i know mm. they won't be up now they'll be sound asleep now, but, yes um... and new zealand Yes. Yeah, New, Zealand, New Zealand, yeah. Zealand. yeah, absolutely. Apart from Ray Davis, who seems to always be awake. Yeah, but he uh, works nights, doesn't he? He does work <laughs> nights, yeah. Hello, Ray, if you're listening. I know you do listen to the show <laughs> as an audio podcast. Hello, Ray. Um, but actually, I'm going to say a quick... We've just been talking about museums um, just a moment ago, aren't we, guys? I'm going to say a quick thanks to to Gemma, who actually, for Christmas this year, brought me um, a year's um, membership to the Imperial War Museum. Oh, cool. And, um, for oh, wow. uh, London and Duxford, yeah. So um, I, shall be, I shall be making... Full use of that this yeah. year, hopefully.
1: I've got a pass um, as well, believe it or not. Even me. Oh, should yeah. we just go? We'll go just, together, shall we? Yeah. We'll just go. Shall we just for a day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get
0: away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Neil Lamont saying that RAF Hannington is well worth a visit as well. Um, the uh, Pip is saying that the. Um, the Cold Co- War Museum aircraft graveyard in at Kyiv. Kiev Airport. Yeah. Oh wow, It's a fab and costs you about three dollars. Wow, uh, to go in and has loads rip of off. Soviet era <laughs> rip off. Sounds amazing though. It's um, yeah, absolutely. I-, I do love a good museum. I have to be honest. I do love mm. a good museum.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, I tell you what, Matt. I haven't been the one in London yet. Don't. Oh, just go to to don't don't
3: oh, waste okay. Your okay. time don't waste your
1: time oh i thought it was good they're they're good in different ways they no i no the tru- the trouble is Armando, <laughs> this is going this is really oh, I don't, see I, I i went to it when it was an incredible museum and it was much more spacious they had amazing aircraft hanging literally from the rafters and all that kind of thing and then they closed it for a couple of years and the only the only all in my opinion all they did was make the museum an awful lot worse and then put in like three coffee shops, and we lost a lot uh, of museum space mm. by putting in like the the coffee shops and stuff. And and there were some amazing artifacts there, and I'm sure they haven't been lost. I'm, they've probably come to Duxford or or one of the other IWM museums, um, around and that. But um, and don't get me wrong, there are some truly moving things that you can still see there. For example, um the um uh, the Holocaust exhibit, for example, is probably mm. one of the most um, uh, chilling uh, things that I've ever seen and there's a if you go right up to the very top floor there's a there's a fascinating um, like sort of like the medals and the stories and and you know it, of the people who had the medals and how it all all came about and what happened so I mean it does have its plus points but it it's never it, it lost something very magical for me when they when they did the refurb Um okay. I'll give you it, that yeah you know but have you um, got have you
0: got any near you Nev sort of um aviation type museums Mm,
2: no nothing immediately near me i will have to have a think about that but um yeah there's certainly some you know dotted around the country there's uh well one not just uh, a mile down the road from you isn't there uh, oh, oh Flixton one, yeah, Flixton one, you yeah.
1: Catch it when it's open; it's brilliant,
0: yeah. uh, and it's free. <laughs> I, I just and like, it's free. I can't believe it's an aviation museum on our doorstep, yeah. and it's free to get in.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, regular regular listeners to the show may well remember Owen, who used to appear on the podcast quite regularly, and I must have tried to take him to that museum at least three times, <laughs> and every single time we went, the bloody place was shut. <laughs> Uh, uh, Miles I just Hires... walked around it. I just
3: jumped the fence and walked around. Yeah,
1: it. I know, but I'm a not as agile as you, uh, and B, I, I, I'm a little bit more scared about being arrested. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Lee Davis says the uh, Valletta Museum, uh, War Museum in Malta, is epic. Have you been, Carlos? Uh,
0: nah, not at all, Matt
1: I'll take, I'll <laughs> take that as a yes then. Good, lovely. Okay. I, I assume it's a good museum then.
0: It is very good, yeah, yeah very right. good and it's cheap to get in as well. Good. Another one, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, there,
3: I will yeah. say RAF Harrington is a is is a near and dear because that was where the carpet baggers were the uh, 801st bomb group. They were pretty much the the um, first ever Air Force special operations. Wow. Um, bombers. They were flying B24s in the middle of the night with the with the OSS operators on board the uh, what was it office of strategic services
1: wow okay um, cool something
3: like that first pre precursor to the cia and dropping them behind enemy lines with with very little navigation at night um very cool and then and, and that is a pretty cool museum at absolutely okay i'll t-
0: t- t- tell you where there is another one quickly go on not not too far from us matt rf bent wars. oh okay yeah, there's a Cold War museum there, which is good. That's where the uh, A10s were based when they when, they, when the oh, site was and open.
1: Actually, one near you as well. The old the old Red Feather Club is worth a visit as well because yeah, yeah. they've done that up beautifully. Where they cause they've restored all the World War Two. Um, tun- uh, not tunnels, but they look like they're like don't, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They look like poly tunnels, but made oh, out of the, cor- uh, the corrugated. The Nissan huts. Yeah, the Nissan, Nissan huts and stuff, and they yeah. recreated. Um, the, well, they restored the two that were already there, and they've built another one, which they've turned into like a like a conference centre and stuff. And they've got they've mm. recreated the old Red Feather Club and all that kind of thing. That's that's a horem, isn't it? I think it's horem. yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely worth a yeah, yeah, definitely worth a visit. And you have got the hundredth bomb group as well. Where's that? That's nearby. Uh, as Thor, well. that's, uh, yeah. Thor Thor yeah, yeah absolutely so really good that is yeah it? so we're quite lucky we are here. lucky yeah, we are very a, a very around. lucky yeah, yeah. Yeah. we'll have to go and do a bit of a tour Carlos one of these days when we I get think a we will Saturday, Mr we'll Smith we'll do yes. a bit of a tour won't we and take some I have a fairly
0: plans. open diary now until May so oh, yeah, yeah that's great yeah. okay,
1: very good yeah. Yeah. Uh, right we're rapidly running out of time so yes. wrap ups please Carlos
0: Okay, so for those of you who don't already follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search for us on social media for Plain Talking UK. Uh, that WhatsApp number again, plus 447572249166. Uh, you can email us. We'd love some feedback. If you want to send us some feedback, whether it be voice, written, or send us a picture of you writing feedback, uh, you can email <laughs> it to us, podcast at plain com. Also the website, all allaw.planetalkinguk.com. Com is our website on there you'll find links to patreon paypal and also the store where you can treat yourself to a mug as uh, someone did uh, this week one mm. of our ptuk mugs and also a T-shirt if you want to treat yourself to a PTK, uh, 100% cotton T-shirt with embroidered logo on the front. Uh, you can treat yourself to one of those on there as well as also Amazon links there to do your shopping with. If you do your shopping on Amazon, click on the link on our website. It doesn't cost you a penny, and we get a small referral fee uh, if you do that. And uh, yeah, and that's about all the ways you can find us. So. Uh, about time to wrap up, guys. We've got a couple of minutes. So, Nev, what you go, what's going on in Nev World next week?
2: Oh, let me think. Uh, getting on a plane, which is uh, a good thing. Off to Glasgow on Thursday uh, for a couple of days. So that will be nice. Um, what else are we doing? Oh, driving up to Manchester on Monday and Tuesday. Um, so, yes, a, a full working week uh, next week, I'm pleased to say.
0: That's what I'd like to hear. Full report on the yeah. flight next week, Nev. Yes. And Armando, what are you up to <laughs> next week?
2: Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I leave
3: for Atlanta. I'll be at Delta Airlines uh, training center <gasps> for the next week, um, doing a course there. I'll be in the A three hundred and twenty sim. Ugh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I, I not even I got, think
1: is that to say.
3: <laughs> I wanted the seven hundred and fifty seven, but looks like I'll be in the A three hundred um, and
0: twenty. Now no, then, I would have been jealous.
3: Yeah. So I'll be there for a week, and uh, that's all evening sim sessions. I think um, like eight p.m. to midnight every night. So. Should be able to make the show next week. Oh, very good.
1: Excellent. Great news.
0: And uh Matt, what are you doing next week? Um
1: absolutely Lots
0: of customer servicey th- yeah, things. Yeah, lots of customer
1: servicey things, pretending that I'm nice and like me <laughs> and like talking to people. So I shall have a
0: week of pretending to do that. Oh brilliant. <laughs> and yeah, I'll be just doing what I normally do, driving up and down the a143 one four three every day yeah. in my truck we, next week.
1: Absolutely. Thank, thank you
0: uh, anyway big thanks to everyone who listens to the show as an audio podcast and a big thanks to all the YouTube viewers who have tuned in tonight big thanks to running, running out of time world. Carlos take care everyone <laughs> and uh, have a great weekend don't forget we'll be back again next Friday all the team here next Friday yep yes, hopefully
1: yeah I think so, so yeah and, excellent
0: uh, yep right that's it then guys and girls take care have a fantastic weekend enjoy your Sunday roasts and see you all next Friday say goodbye Nev
2: see you bye bye